heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Well, when you hear those familiar notes and words, you know it must be Thursday at 3 (laughs) o'clock. Here we are. My name is Susie McGinn, your host today for Healing the Whole Person. And uh, on this wonderful third Thursday of the month, we also have the privilege of uh, this wonderful guest, Father Robert Sears, SJ, who will be enlightening us again in some wonderful truths of our faith. And just to remind all of you who may be new to this program, Father Sears is past president of Act Heals, an association of healthcare providers who bring Jesus' healing to healthcare. A former professor at Jesuit School of Theology in Chicago and the Institute of Pastoral Studies of Loyola University of Chicago. He is a much in demand spiritual director, counselor, retreat presenter, and writer on various aspects of healing. Father Sears is considered a foremost authority on the family system and the healing of the family tree, and is a featured speaker monthly on. WSFI 88.5 FM's Healing the Whole Person. And that's what we're all about today. So welcome, Father Sears, and welcome to all our listeners as well. <laughs> Thank you very much. And, uh, uh, as it said, I said in that introduction, he's authority on the family system and healing the family tree. And that's been our focus these last few months. And uh, so, Father, I, I, I love our subject today. It's called Two Kinds of Love, One Goal. And uh, so uh, I invite you to begin your, your thoughts for us today. Okay, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, well, what I was thinking of, because we have, as you say, been dealing with the family system and also in relationship to the Holy Family, and... Uh, What it dawned on me is that uh, I have a lot of people that are coming that uh, really have experienced love and they thought it was the real thing, but then it turned out to be uh, kind of a hidden uh, seeking of each one, seeking the goals that they had uh, rather than the goals that, say, God had in mind for for, uh, marriage or for a close relationship. And so what it dawned on me is that we really are, uh, and, you know, and confronted, you might say, with two kinds of love, namely human love and divine love. And the one goal, which is, of course, God's love, because he's the one that created us for himself. And so we have to learn how to discern those two different things, because uh They've gotten separated as far back as Adam and Eve's sin. <laughs> as soon as Adam mm-hmm. and Eve sinned, they separated themselves off from uh, living out of the divine will, which is the one will that makes God one God, not three gods, because they're three persons, but they're all in one will. <laughs> right. They totally agree with one another. And so 
they they have a you might say a unity that is willed not simply a unity that's kind of like given as a physical unity or that type of thing so this is an interpersonal unity and it's the interpersonal unity that was their goal for all of humanity too so we were put in the garden of eden to live out of that one divine will but adam and eve and because uh, the choices have to be free each one was free to choose and they had to be tested to see if they would choose actually to live the divine will or they might choose some other way and we know the consequence of that where they were they were deceived by the evil spirit who already had chosen badly himself and was now drawing other people into that uh, same bad choice in a very subtle way and so <clears throat> when when they finally did give in to that, when Eve uh, gave in to Satan's temptation, namely that, that they wouldn't die, and he was saying they wouldn't die spiritually, they wouldn't die periodly, but they would die uh, spiritually, ultimately, and separated from God's life. So they would, in a sense, they'd be open to death. And they chose, because it seemed like he was saying they would be like God, knowing good and evil. And that's always the temptation, isn't it? That we take human love as divine love, right. as somehow the ultimate goal. Right. I just want to so, go back for something you said just a moment ago, if you don't mind, Father. When no, you, when you mm -hmm. were saying that um, God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit all have one will, um, I'm thinking about in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus said to his father uh, and asked that if this cup could pass away from, please, you know, he asked three times. But then mm -hmm. he said, not my will, but thy will be done. Yes. Now uh -huh. that sounds like there are two wills there. There, there are. There are two per two persons. Each one has a freedom, but they all choose the same. <laughs> okay. Because, they, because they're totally... Uh, you might say, caught up in the fact that God's love is everything they would want. So it's only as a human that Jesus would have any kind of uh, debate about that. I see. Yeah, <laughs> because he as physically, divine, he knows yeah. perfectly well that the only thing that would be worth choosing is God's love because it's the Father is everything he is. The Father has given everything to the Son. And so basically, Jesus knows exactly what the Father is like and chooses him with his whole heart. And so he's, when he says that as a human, he's really modeling for us what we need to do, not our will, but God's be done. And that's what we play in the Our Father, isn't it? I was just going to say that. Yes, we pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Jesus exactly. is speaking to his Father when he that's says right. this. Yes. yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we, we I answered my own question in a sense. <laughs> yep, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Uh, but I mean, we, we would have that question, wouldn't we? Because, yeah. uh, <clears throat> you know, it seems like God has one will, but he doesn't have one will that's just one person. He has one will that they all agree on because it's the, the will that is their very being. Okay. The Father, in a sense 
the, the love of God is self-giving love. And so basically the father shares his whole being with the son and the son reciprocates. He shares his whole being with the father and together their joint love is the source of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is one person in two persons. Right, right. And the Holy Spirit is the one that's poured out unto us and with creation and also in the church with redemption so that we are to be one also in the Father's unite in the Son and the Holy Spirit's unified will. In other words, we ought to be restored into sharing the divine will because it's, it is the blessing and the holiness and the joy of all creation if we would have chosen that. Right. And he said to Philip, he who has seen me has seen the Father. So in their entirety, uh, they're, they're one, uh, they're, but they're separate in their manifestation. Would you yes. Say? Yeah. Yes. Right. And Okay, so now, now what happened with sin? Well, Eve was deceived. So evil spirit, she won't die, but you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And then she looked at the fruit and said, that's wonderful to be like God. Now, the temptation was very tempting, wasn't it? Because that's exactly what we're made for, is to be like God. Yeah. <laughs> Only not like God, he's pertaining God, Yeah. but like God who really is. And so that's deep down in our heart that we want to be like God. And so she got deceived, thinking that, because he was implying that God doesn't want her to be like God. <laughs> mm -hmm. But but that's just the opposite. God made us to be like God. Right. And we were and made in his image and likeness. That's, so he's he's yeah. a liar, in other words. <laughs> so Satan always right. deceives us through looking like it's the truth. And so Eve fell for it. And when Eve fell, it seems like Adam was kind of up in the tree now he, he could have made a different decision too and then we, we wouldn't have fallen but somehow that love of Eve and the fact that he was alone before Eve was made out of his own rib uh, led him to cooperate and eat the, eat the fruit of the tree also of the knowledge of good and evil now why is knowledge of good and evil evil because it's their knowledge it's not God's yeah, yeah. <laughs> in other words their judgment. It's precisely what we're falling for even in our day. We're falling for our own knowledge, isn't it? Right. Yeah, we, we want to have science, not God. God is beyond that. So we don't want to have to honor somebody we don't understand. So we, 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 we say we're, we're following the science. Isn't that what we're being told now through the narrative about the, you know? Yeah the COVID. We're following the science, not their science, not science, because they're not open to other points of view. And science is totally open to every point of view. That's how it makes its decisions. And it's always not the absolute, because there's always new corrections in science. It's constantly growing. So that's, that's not true science, but it it is what we're deceiving ourselves. It's what we believe, and what we believe is the world we live in. And so basically, if people are uh, caught up into that decision, they will be living in that world. Now, what is that world like? You know, you say, well, the world is like uh, what Adam and Eve caused because of their sin, because that's ultimately what happened. 
And so we started really trying to be good out of our idea of what goodness was. And our own power. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, that can't work because our idea of goodness is totally the opposite of God's. See, God's, God, you have to just take a look at the difference. God is not beholden to us for anything. In other words, God is the creator of everything, so everything depends on God. And all goodness and everything comes from God. So God doesn't need anything. No, so he doesn't love need is us. Total self gift. It's it's totally free and it's total self gift. Right. In other words, he, there's nothing that can stop God from giving all that he wants to give. Mm -hmm. And since love is not limited in God. He has no limits. He wants to give it totally as far as we could receive it. But as creatures, we can only receive a certain limited amount. But but uh, that limited amount is way beyond what we, we are now even thinking is possible. But the, the one thing I think God does need is to love us. That's, yeah. that's Well, he doesn't need it yeah. because he he is the source of it. He wants it. Yeah. But, and he's hurt if we don't give it because it's like you give a gift to somebody and they don't appreciate it or they don't use it for good. You 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 kind of feel, well, I made a big mistake by doing that. Right, right. <laughs> but, See, God keeps giving and uh, his gifts and call are irrevocable. So in a sense, once he gives, he means to bring it to fulfillment. But he can't do it for humans that are free because love is free. Right. That's the paradox that we have in God, that even though they love one another, they aren't forced to it. <laughs> they wouldn't choose anything else because there's no other goodness that could compete with God's goodness. Right, right. And so they wouldn't think of choosing anything else. Whereas we are limited in our understanding of God because of our being created. Yeah, we are creatures. Yeah, yeah, we are finite. Yeah. So oh. we, aren't, we aren't infinite in the beginning. No, no. It's, so we really need to, because what what, the, what I'm trying to point out with the, this topic is that we uh, are prone to taking human love as the goal. Right. And that can't be the goal. And make the God of, of the other person. We make a God of the other person, exactly. Right. And we make a God of all sorts of things because that's what humans have to do. In other words, they're looking for a divine love because we know that deep down, and this is, I don't think we think of this enough, that uh, that deep down we never lost our goal. <laughs> because as Jesus told Louisa Picaretta, Adam and Eve lived for a time in the divine will, and everything they experienced at that time affected everybody who ever existed or ever exi would exist because the divine will was eternal. It touched every point in time. Time itself was necessary because of sin, because you can, you know, I mentioned that. Uh, it's mentioned in Genesis, the yeah. third chapter. It says, now that they're like us, knowing good and evil, we cannot allow them to eat of the tree of life and live forever. But so in, the tree of life wasn't just any old life. This was, that was eternal life. Yeah. Didn't he create... God create time bef before he created Adam and Eve? That before, did God live 
eternally no, before he no, created he, heaven and me? did he create time before? Oh, well, uh, time was created f at least for Adam and Eve because that, the, he, they had to die, in other words. Yeah. And I, we can't die unless we're in time. I often time, think... Um, death is the end of time. <laughs> yeah. And so without time, if we're living eternity the whole time, we'll be, we'd still be, you know, existing and uh, celebrating God's love, etc. Which we will be. We will, yes. be. we will be. But there wouldn't be any... It would be forever. <laughs> right. The, so, um, I think of... <laughs> be a little and, different. It would be different from us. If we put his time contribute to us well in time we get born then we have to grow we go through stages of growth and we develop ourselves both uh, physically and spiritually mm -hmm. and we have to make decisions that our future is going to be like and we can make decisions that will cut us off and open us to death right and so that's what we're in we're in a very paradoxical situation where we know we're made for eternal something yeah but it, we don't know it. It's hard to imagine what yeah. a life without time, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, we're so beholden to it, it seems. Yes. But I just well, think... It's hard the, for us to imagine that God yeah. knows the future, so that, it, but he doesn't control the future because he wants us to be free. Right. That's a, well, I think <laughs> so he knows probably, what we will choose, but he doesn't force us to choose it by knowing it. Probably one of the most loving things he gave us when he created us was our free will. So yes. we so we could choose to love him and receive his love or not. That's right. You know. That's that's right. Why Adam and Eve had to be tested. You're right. And now I think the solution uh, was that because because we can't solve the problem we've caused because we're humans and the problem we caused we're separated from divine life and love and time so, so only he could only have god been there. could solve it right. so we had to wait for jesus so even in the old testament for example they couldn't get into heaven they had to be in a, a, a way station you might say or a, a waiting station they called sheol or uh, you know limbo, limbo or yeah. where we, we we call it uh until jesus by his death and resurrection had uh, restored our personal intimate relationship with the father if we choose it right. so it's again we're tested because god can't give us something that he doesn't know we're going to be freely receiving he will never force us into anything he right. doesn't force sure. so he honors our choices and they we chose to try to save ourselves and of course that got us in the way uh, first of all thinking that we were able to do that which is pride and uh, you know that's what we think we can do but right now is what we're trying to get rid of God so we can be controlling everybody so our way of getting unity or uh, popularity or importance is to control people whereas God's way of doing that he doesn't have to do that <laughs> because he is in control that's so right. nobody can do anything he isn't permitting and uh, if he doesn't permit it then it can't happen because he's made us out of nothing and he has to be with us to keep us in existence so there isn't anything he doesn't know about us and anything he isn't permitting and so he's permitting it only because he can bring good out of it because we're still possible to freely choose to receive forgiveness 
Right. And God's gift of restoring us to what we would have been if we hadn't sinned. Right. So, so well, going back to that, the, our favorite that's verse. The quiet, that's the problem that we're addressing today. How do we tell the difference between God's love, which is eternal and is experienced in our loves, and human love, which is finite, that is, it's limited, and it's self-oriented because it's trying to fill an emptiness inside of ourselves where God has no emptinesses right. because he's the source of all fullness. And so basically he's only self-giving love and we only know this mixed kind of desire for a total unconditional love, but not in human form because it, we, humans can't give it. Right. And so yeah. when, <clears throat> when okay. we you know, go into a relationship, a marriage, or we're trying to discern who would be a good partner to save, give ourselves to because we, you know, without a partner, there's no purpose of humans even being here because we're made relationally. And without love, we have no purpose. Right. So if nobody values us or we don't value ourselves, why be here? <laughs> <laughs> I often think of that. The, again, I know I've said this before on this program, but sometimes wise words are worth repeating. Um, but I just I always remember at our wedding, my husband toasted me saying um, at the end of his long speech, <laughs> he said, <laughs> I just want you to know that I don't love you because I need you, but even more and much more, I need you because I love you. And I think that that is a... That's beautiful. Wow, that's it, really neat. <laughs> isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Yes, and, that's lovely. And that yes. was... But that's where I think the grace of marriage comes into play, even though we were only had been married a few hours at that point, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. it, that's where it comes. And maturity. I think, yeah. uh, you know, having lived uh, long enough and had enough life experiences to know and understand and recognize goodness in yes, another person. Yes. And, yes, uh, where and, they're really living out of a love beyond themselves, in a sense, just yeah. out, of, out of gratitude, you might say. Is yeah, what, what, right. And so, uh, it really, it was true. I mean, uh, I was just looking through some old family papers the other day, and um, for my husband's 80th birthday, each of our five children uh, wrote out 16 uh, things that they admired about him. And uh, it was, so there were 80 then, 80 sayings, from, and they were so beautiful. But most of them reflected on the way he loved uh, and loved others, loved strangers, loved, you know, it was it was a most beautiful thing. And uh, same thing at his funeral. We we heard the same thing over and over again. So uh, it was a great, it's a great blessing, you know, to have that uh, mm-hmm. in your life and have that uh, as a spouse. And, you know, I think probably, Father, you're hearing some of that familiar music. We're nearing the end of our first um, half of this show. We'll be back. We just need to take a short break here. We'll be back in just a few minutes. And uh, we have um, some prayer requests, too, Father, that uh, we want you to pray on for us. Thank you. Okay, thank you.
Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. A prayer for deliverance with Father John Grigas, the rector of the National Shrine of St. Maximilian Kolbe at Marytown. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus Christ, we just ask for the grace of the Holy Spirit to come down upon us, the intercession of Our Lady and of all the saints and angels, and we come against any influence of the occult or the New Age that might have infiltrated any of our listeners, their children, their grandchildren, their nieces, nephews, brothers, and sisters of families, and we bind Satan and all of his minions in any way that have bound any of these individuals or their families in this occult practices, and we invoke Mother Mary, also in all the saints, in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, I just break all bounds and all influences of the new age upon any one of our listeners, and may they be broken in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. May He send upon them the grace of the Holy Spirit to free them, and may our Mother Mary place her mother in the mantle to protect them and crush the head of the evil one as she was promised to do so in Genesis after the fall. Amen. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Welcome back to Healing the Whole Person. My name is Susie McGinn, your host today. And our guest, as uh, you may have heard already, and I'm sure you're familiar with from the past, is Father Robert Sears, SJ. Uh, We have a few prayer requests that we're going to ask Father to pray on. Um, Mm -hmm. One of them, Father, is um, the uh, family of uh, one of our most uh, prominent members of the WSFI family here. Uh, We lost this week um, a fella named Gene Rubel, and um, he was just, among other things, he built our tabernacle, you know, for our oratory and our chapel, yes, Uh, but many other things, too. He was just... A quiet, steady um, pr- service to us, a godly service in many ways. So we're praying not only for the repose of his soul, but also for his family as well. Um, yeah, another beautiful. one um, is for, we w- are praying for the intention um, for healing for Mary Ann, for peace of mind for her. And so um, we've been thanked for uh, ahead of time for that, the, the um, efforts in our prayer. Um, another one is for uh, a, a praying for a mom by the name of Lorraine's salvation and praying for her healing. Um, and she lost her hearing. Um, also, we're praying that you would uh, please um, pray for the healing through these difficult times. Um, a fellow that um, is... Um, apparently suffering quite a bit um, 
uh, through the stress and the fear of the times we're living in. And uh, it's just um, uh, another, I have a dear friend, Kathy, who's uh, suffering a great deal right now, and I'd like you to pray for her and her family as well. So there we have it, Father. Uh, great mm-hmm. needs in this world, and uh, so we thank you for your prayer. Yes, uh, Lord, you have uh, you know all of these intentions, Lord, and you can do more than we could ask or imagine. So we release them all to you, especially for the fa- family of, of Jean Rubel, who is really such a support and who worked with me for a long time, also interceding for people for deliverance. And so we bless him and his joy now and uh, ask that he be blessed and remember us. And so we also pray for Marianne, peace of mind, whatever is uh, keeping her from that peace, that she'd enter into God's joy because God is always peaceful and always open to loving us if we turn our hearts to him. And so for Lorraine and her hearing, and we just ask for that opening to as Jesus healed people who were mute and couldn't speak and couldn't hear, uh, he also can open our healing, Lord, and we ask that you would just do that if that's for her spiritual best, for your will. And then we pray also for uh, healing in these difficult times. The, the times are difficult, but they're also a gift in some ways because they s- separate us from getting all caught up in the culture, and and we have to go to the one thing that's necessary, and that's maybe it's more time for prayer. And also it's, it's the one place where we know we're safe because no one can do anything, including this COVID, that God isn't permitting for our good. And so we can always turn to God and be grounded in his love, which cannot be stopped. And then we have Kathy to pray for. We just release her to you, Jesus. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit descend upon all these people and their intentions and everybody else that's listening in now and forever. Amen. Amen. Okay. Thank Thank you, Father. Something you said, uh, uh, I just thought about it in the break time there, uh, Susie, is is that uh, what your husband had said, I don't love you because I need you, I need you because I love you. Uh, In a sense, that could be looked at as a sense, well, you're the solution to my need for love. (laughs) But in that sense, it's it's, it's not really true because we are free enough to let people go free even if we love them very much just as god let jesus die right <laughs> for right. us yeah and so that's that's the freedom of love that it's it's so and jesus let himself die for our sake and to create it therefore uh the redemption because he turned all the consequences of everybody's sin who ever existed or ever would exist of course that's way beyond our even thinking but uh, he took it all on himself and made it into a gift of love. Yes. And yes. that's how he really redeems us because it, it wasn't love when they did it. It was doubt of God's love because they were trying to save themselves by uh, becoming like God, even though they were deceived into thinking God didn't want, didn't want them to be like God. But that's, of course, Satan's lie. God does want us to be like God. 
because he made us as children of God. So we inherit the, the beauty, the love, the peace, the joy, all of the, the gifts that God has. If we kind of turn our will over to God, we will be at peace. So in this time of trouble, for example, if we really turned our ourself over to God and didn't worry about death because death isn't a problem, it's a solution. So basically we look at things very differently from what God looks at them. Because as I mentioned before, that, that uh, death came into the world because of sin. Because it, as God said in Genesis, now that they're like us, knowing good and evil, we cannot allow them to live, to eat of the tree of life and yeah. live forever. We lost our immortality, yeah. Right, and so God had to, in a sense, exclude them from the garden. Why? Because sin can't be allowed to live forever. Sin is using God's gifts against God. It's an ab abomination. Because God gave us these gifts to, to celebrate his love. He can't allow that to live forever and still think he was loving us. Right. The right. only way that he can love us is to let that die and have the death itself be the solution. And the death of his son. And that's what it is now, because you can't get to eternal life without dying. <laughs> no, dying <laughs> to in, self. But dying, <laughs> not just any old death, but a dying to really everything that keeps you from loving God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength, okay? Yeah. right. So what, we, what the, the deception is, is that human love looks like it's the answer. But once you live it, if it's only human love, it will disillusion you right. because each person is looking to fill that emptiness that's left there because they separated from God right. and so all of us are sinners and so what dawned on me is if, if to really discern the difference between you know God's love and human love the only way that we can really know what God's love is like is through Jesus because Jesus is the Son of God. He says, no one comes to the Father except through me. Right. And when I was looking at specific stories that brings this out, the one that, uh, the two of them touched me, and this is the one, the first one was uh, Luke 7, 35 to 50. It was the story of uh, Jesus being invited to Simon the Pharisee's house for, for dinner and to talk or whatever, and a sinful woman comes in and begins washing his feet with with her tears she's crying and she's pouring out her tears on jesus's feet and, and drying them with her hair and then she's anointing jesus with uh, anointment and 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 uh, simon who invited him as a pharisee is scandalized by this. He says if he were a prophet, he would know that this is a sinful woman and he's letting her touch him and everything. And so Jesus told, <clears throat> told him a parable. He said there were two debtors and one of them owed 50 and the other 100 days wages or 500 days wages uh, and he forgave both of them. So which of them will love him more? And uh, Simon got the answer right. He said, 500, yeah, the, the one who was forgiven more. more right. And Jesus said, you've answered rightly. And you see this woman, and he applied the, the story of the woman to him. He said, if you see this woman, he said, you did not wash my feet when I entered, but she has bathed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. And you did not kiss me, but she's been never ceased kissing me. 
and, and you did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with ointment. And so I tell you, he said, her many sins have been forgiven. Hence, she has loved much. And it's then for one who's forgiven less, loves less. Right. Right. And so he said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. Right. So right. what's God's love like? He revealed it as humble gratitude. When she let that love come in, she just broke down in tears. And she was so grateful because she felt there was so many sins that had to be forgiven. So the more that we know that God forgives us, the more we know our sinfulness which it takes a while because it took me you know, quite a long time well, all the way too. in my old age to realize <laughs> that learning. even my efforts to save myself were sin. Yeah. Because God already had the solution. He put me in the womb. It, my efforts to say, make up for what was missing in my parents, that was, my, that was sin. It wasn't my problem. It was God put me in the womb. God doesn't make mistakes. Our parents are just right. Exactly. But they aren't holy because the, Jesus said no one is good except God. So he didn't have any choice except give ungood parents. But is the, the fact that they're limited is, is, uh, is why they don't have infinite love. But that's, but, and they aren't the total solution to what we're looking for. But the, they are the medium by which God can give us the gifts that we need for what God's calling our life to right. be. He, he, our parents are our first example of how God wants to be in our lives, hopefully. Yes. yes. I've, I always remember at one of our son's uh, weddings, uh, his brother gave a talk, and the first thing he said was, when he got up to the microphone, was, choose your parents well. Which was, of course, it made everybody laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Just like you said, uh, we had no choice about it, but God made that perfect choice. So they were the perfect people for us. And um, regardless of whether they were perfect, they were not, of course, but they were God's choice for us. And, you know, I often say that about married couples, too. We're not perfect, husbands and wives, but... In, in sacramental marriage, we can be God's perfect choice for each other. And okay. so I think that that, you know, was, uh, gives us a, a special grace and impetus to be the kind of husband and wife that he calls us to be, yes, uh, right. even though we are sinners. I, I also love that. Well, we better we better move on because we yeah. have to bring up a, a little criteria for exactly. discernment. You yes, know, yes, that's right. Not just for people who are planning their relationships, but for those who are married. Yes. Are we living really God's love, which is what you are called to live? Because marriage in Catholic understanding is a sacrament. It's meant to give grace, not exactly. human love. Right. It's meant to be of grace, so it, it really will be giving something beyond what anyone in, individually could give. So it must mean that they're dying to themselves and letting God live in their marriage. And as they grow in, in growth in the marriage, is their relationship with God growing? So right now, for example, we were kind of 
given the impression that marriage was a secondary, you know, if you've got to be really holy, you have to be in religious life. But <laughs> the more I understand what couples are going through, I realize that's not true. I mean, that's, that we all have only one goal, is to learn how to die to ourselves and live out of God's love. And every marriage will be disillusioning until they start living out of God's love because it will not be satisfying their deepest longing. Right. So every marriage, in a sense, has to be, in a sense, a, a channel, if it's going to be totally satisfying, a channel where they can grow in both together in spiritual love. They're growing in God's love in the marriage, and they're handing that on to their children, etc., so that they live out of God's love, because human love is, is not what we're ultimately looking for. No. Because we know that as God created us in the garden, we know what in, from the garden, everything was communicated to everybody who ever existed or ever would exist. So let, the other example I'd like to bring up is the one by uh, Mary Magdalene when Jesus, you know, was resurrected, because Mary did some, almost the same thing as this other the woman did. She was so excited that she realized it wasn't the gardener, but it was Jesus. Right. <laughs> she said, Raboni, you know, and yeah. my, my master, my beloved master. And she clung to him, and he says, don't, don't hold on to me, but go to my brothers. I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, my God and to your God. Go to my brothers first time he used brothers in John's gospel for his disciples. Yes. We're now family. And go, in other words, the love that God is, is, is self-giving love. It's totally open to, to inviting everybody to achieve it. And it's like, that God, because God doesn't, he doesn't make us and then say, well, you know, I don't have enough to give everybody. He, he got, right. <laughs> he, he's infinite. I mean, look at the universe. There's That's not, right. no end to it. No end. So basically, God's love is infinite, and but also very peaceful because he gets, he is what he gives. He is love, and that gives us peace forever. So if we can be grounded in that, even in our relationships, so we're not disillusioned when they don't turn out to be saints you know we're, we're not saints no. we're limited we each have our own particular needs that we're looking for from the other person and until we both out of gratitude try to uh, expand ourselves to re respond to those needs in the other person we won't be living God's love That's right. because Jesus looked at us and became human and his the needs that we had were we to be forgiven. And he couldn't forgive us without taking on himself the consequences of all our sin. Right. So God's love is total, humble, self-giving love. Right. And if we, if we find that in our friend, if we find as the relationships deepen or as our marriage uh, deepens that we are both growing closer to God, then you know you're living in the right love. Exactly. If that's not happening, then you're going to need healing. And sometimes the healing that we need is to deal with issues that we haven't dealt with. For example, people uh, say some experts in, uh, you know, people getting older, et cetera, that uh, people, when they lose their competence or they become uh, 
you know, senile or whatever, that, that, that it's because they're, they're going into themselves and dealing with issues they didn't deal with earlier. Mm-hmm. Because we have to be whole when we come to God. Right. So if they had the peace to do that and if they had the love to do it, because there's another example I've, I've told it to people on Bill, Wild Bill. It's called, uh, and it was of somebody who was in a concentration camp for six years in, in disease-bitten barracks without the least change. I mean, he, in fact, he was getting stronger. <laughs> he could work, you know, to repatriate uh, re- uh, the different members of the, uh, the, that were in the concentration camp. He would help them, and he helped them to forgive each other. He was just <laughs> always ready, and he lived for six years where other people were dying from the starvation diet, and the, he was getting stronger. And he made a decision, and they found out at the end that even when the Germans first came, they lined up his family, his wife and five children, and machine gunned them. And he wanted to die with them, but he spoke German, so they kept him in the work group. And he said, I, I had to make a decision then whether to hate those that did me, did, did that. But I was a lawyer, and I know what hatred did to people, that they changed their lives for the bad. So he said, I made a decision, whether it was a long life or a short life, I would love every person that I came in contact with. Oh, yes. And that choice kept him healthy for six years in disease-ridden barracks, starvation diet. And he was not only healthy, he was healthier than the people that came to to minister to them, the soldiers that came to re, you know, replace them in ordinary society. or sure. Their families might have just disappeared as well as their towns. It was so, a terrible, so he made a choice. Job. He made a choice, Father. He made a choice to receive God's love and he be just, a channel for that love to all his fellow prisoners exactly. and, and uh, how beautiful that is and I'm yes. sure that it brought a lot of healing not only to him but to others uh, father yes. we have just a few but you seconds have to, you left. can't do that unless you free, receive that love but he's Jewish so he, he wasn't in that sense Christian knowing love but he but there's in the Jewish you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind Deuteronomy yes so father we're mm-hmm. we're just have a few seconds left, but we want your blessing for us and all those that are listening uh, mm-hmm. before we sign off. Please well, give it. My blessing would be that you are touched by that love because it'll bring you into peace. Because God won't allow anything to happen. He doesn't mean to bring good out of. God loves each one of us, and will make good whatever he allows to happen in our lives. And so I ask you, Lord, to bless everyone that's listening, that they will learn how to discern what is your love, because that is not disillusioning. It can, it will fulfill every desire. And it, we don't have to be totally dependent on one another, because that would be making idols of one another. But we can be rejoicing that you give us those friends to mediate the love that you have given to all of us 
So may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit descend upon everyone that's listening and open their hearts to God's love, which is unlimited and always ready to respond if we open to receive it. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. At WSFIRadio.org Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease.